Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. This is Symphony Sit Down, a show where we talk about living life as a millennial musician. I'm Sam Carl. And I'm Tyler Menzel. And we are your hosts. We're both conservatory-trained musicians living in Montana, of all places. Oh, we're in the same room, Tyler. We finally are. <laughs> but we had Krispy Kreme. At, and this is during the Beethoven and Brahms concert week. But you guys will be hearing this a couple of weeks from now. Yes. <laughs> so, and so we were just enjoying some post-rehearsal sweets. And... And post-rehearsal wine. Post-rehearsal wine. I think it's a Syrah today. Oh. But I don't actually don't know because it doesn't say. I, I think it is a Syrah. Uh, it there, is a Syrah. There you go. It's a Syrah. Here we are. <laughs> so join Hurrah, us. Syrah. Pour yourself a glass. <laughs> um, so we've done episodes in the past that are more uh, serious yes. or more, more like we're, we're talking about a very specific topic, but since we're here in person and we're having a good time, it is not time for that. Um, so I wanted to play a game called uh, Don't Even Get Me Started. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and so what we have done for the listeners, we have a pile of paper here that are, just include like things that musicians rant about, whether it be like in orchestra rehearsal or in music life in general, just pet either pet peeves that we have or something that we can easily rant about. <laughs> and we have to pick them and rant about it. Even if it's not like our pet peeve, uh, we are, um, we have to try. And if we want to steal or if we need to interject or anything, there's no rules because oh, this is our podcast. It's a twist. It's a it's a twist. Plot a twist. twist. <laughs> um, but it's a plot twist. But like we we're gonna try. You have to try. That's the only rule. All right. So, uh, do you want to go first? I would love to go. First. Okay. Mix up the paper. Hopefully they can hear this. <laughs> All right. Let's see. <laughs> this one was on a nine. Don't even get me started about when the second player doesn't blend. <laughs> that's more, that's more about, like I'm part of the viola section. So that really, like, uh, we just try to be so blendy that we don't exist. Right. <laughs> I just so, want to start by saying that this is not to any particular person. Oh, yes. This is not to the, yes, disclaimer. Right. This isn't about any particular person that we are, have played with or currently playing with this is just like for fun funny comments that we know other musicians have made right and right. so this is just this is more making fun of us being divas right <laughs> that, so that's the point of this game so i am super fortunate to work with uh with some section flutists who are are great but then there are definitely those times where you know, like you'll be getting to like an exciting part in the music no. and your second player will just like completely go balls to the wall, you know, like yeah. 
try to outplay you or my my least favorite thing is when they try to like out vibrato you like what like what is that is it just like like oh right. like, I don't know, like, <laughs> how can you like i don't understand it just sounds like feverish yeah, you know when you're yeah. like when you add so much vibrato yeah, oh I don't goodness. see like for strings. There's like orchestral vibrato. Like sometimes it's just ah. very sparkly. I so feel we... like the flutes are like very unique in that sense. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't ever hear one oboist out vibratoing the other. You know, and yeah. it's like just a non-issue with yeah. clarinet most yeah. of the time, <laughs> and with most brass instruments. Um, yeah, and then like when you're a string player, you don't like. You know, go crazy no. with the left hand in orchestra. Even Anyways. when you do, yeah, even when you do like a have a big solo part that is just your section, like the the more you vibrato, the more you're out of tune. Right, exactly. Like, so you just don't. Yeah, so. even as a flutist, even as like a solo instrument in the orchestra, you know, I I feel like my my vibrato is very because then subdued in comparison so to my solo playing. Yeah. Well, and well, like because you still have like way more than a piano accompanying you. Right. So, like, if you do too much vibrato, it's just, like, you... I think sometimes it makes you look like you don't have the pitch center or when it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Anything else about that one? No, I mean, that's, that's you're the like, gist of that's, it. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, it's my moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to okay. you. Okay. Mixing, mixing, mixing. We're going to do this one. This one, uh, playing excerpts in rehearsals and concerts. Okay. I, okay. Okay. So I, being a violist, you know, we tend to joke all the time about how we're not as competitive as violinists. And. uh, Because you can't be. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle viola shared. (laughs) Um, No, but I think. You know, I think there's nothing worse. Even, like, I, I have had so many times where, like, I'm sitting there and, like, I get to rehearsal early to just practice those parts where I'm like, okay, let me look at that for a second. Let me look at this. And you play it quietly and just, like, either sometimes, like, you work out a fingering that works for you and then you get into, like, the actual setting and you're like, oh, none of this works. And so you... And, like, it's your time. It's, like, office time. It's, like, your prep time before you, like, teach a class or teach a lesson or do anything. And when somebody, like, breaks out their, like, Brahms violin concerto or, like, just, like, like, yeah, Walton. Oh, (laughs) jeez. And, like, and it's one thing when it's, like, a joke, when it's just, like, because, like, you can can joke about it, but... um, and like I I and I don't care what you do during breaks. Like I mean, I right. personally would like to sit and not think about that I'm at rehearsal because not because I don't. It's just like I'm so, I'm tired because I put a lot of energy into it. Right. So like I'm just like I'm gonna look at cat pictures on my phone in the corner so, <laughs> and eat a snack. And like when I was doing my masters, all the violists went off stage and sat in the same corner, and we all had coffee and snacks together. <laughs> like all eight to ten of us in the section. Like, and so when somebody is just like, "I need to practice my Mendelssohn 
I need to practice. I just, you know, it's just, it's just like, no, right. like this is not the time. Uh, did you feel? Do There's you- a difference when it's, you know, like when it's on the program, I think it's a little right. different for you all. I mean, you like most of your excerpts are probably section excerpts, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like if you're playing Don Juan, of course, all of the violists are going to be practicing the opening, yeah. you know, oh, all yeah. the string players yeah. are in general, yeah. but yeah, no, I had a concert the one time where I was, um, I was playing uh, Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fun. And, uh, Which is coming up in our next season. Right. And I'm super excited about it. But um, so it calls for three flutes. And my the third flutist in the section was sitting there before the actual rehearsal started, like playing the solo over and over and over and over again. And my second flutist just kept on like sitting there looking at me like, is this guy for real? You know, yeah. you're just like, <laughs> excuse me. Right. Well, and it's one of those things where like, I'm so low key about it. I mean, I, it's, of course it's not, um, it's not like proper rehearsal etiquette. I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I'm like, if you, if you're in a section or you're a sub or something like that, and you were to pull that sort of thing, I mean, that's, like people don't get hired again for that yeah. sort of behavior. So yeah, it's just that, it's just that little passive aggression that like, it's like, I'd rather have somebody like totally come up to me and be like, you, you were bad. <laughs> than to have somebody just like play like that makes me so much more angry. And I don't know why I feel like every, a lot of people would think the opposite way, but I'm like, if you don't like something, like I'd rather have you just <laughs> <laughs> to me. Right. That like that's how I would feel. But I'm part of the viola section. So right. I don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, it's your turn. All right. Your turn. Mixing, mixing, mixing. What kind of mixer are you using? Oh this one is yours. It doesn't annoy me quite as much, but people who walk into rehearsal last minute before it starts. Was my handwriting a little sloppy there? Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> really sure what some uh, of the words That said, does but. bother me very much. <laughs> Poor handwriting bothers me. Oh, oh <laughs> you're such a jerk. <laughs> that's a topic for another day. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like if someone kind of sneaks in, you know, like I there have been there have definitely knows. been rehearsals where like I have been not the most, you know, like on time. time. Um <laughs> not the most prompt. prompt yes. Um but you know, like I always try to enter in quietly, you know, like sneak in, put your stuff down, don't make a, a big stink. But the people who come in and they like you know, yeah. are stomping around and making a big, huge deal about it and trying to tell everyone why they're late. And yeah, mm-hmm. no. And for me, it's like, I think like, you know, there's always times where we're going to cut, cut, like we're going to cut it close. Like, and, and you know, I just hate the chronic, oh. the chronic, like when, it, like if you do it every time, it's just like, okay. Like, and it's, I think it's really annoying for strings because, like, you have to wade through an ocean right. of us. And then, like, when that person's late and they're like, I need to get across the room. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, ah. Well, just... technically, I think that is a violation of the Billing Symphony Master Agreement. Oh. <laughs> oh, we have yeah. to, we're supposed to be in our seats. 
like 15, 15 minutes, minutes before I, I think, think yeah i think or is it we have to be there at least 15 minutes early but then in our seat See, five minutes, minutes before. before it's something yeah. like that yeah something yeah even if it's not written in Maybe. that's like an unspoken oh, yeah you know? it's an unspoken rule that uh early is on time on time is late and late yes. is unacceptable but because like you i mean you nobody plays well when you just like come in and you just start playing like i mean if i don't have like that 10 minutes of just like i have fingers i'm using them now <laughs> like it just it just will not go well for me the name of your first book yeah i have fingers and i'm using them now <laughs> oh no but it just like it just it just i don't know why but I'm like, yeah 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 just like vigorous vigorous vibrato um i for 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 the listeners tyler was just imitating some very expressive vibrato air vibrato it's like air guitar like guitars have air guitar string players have air air vibrato what you know like you know when you whenever anybody imitates a string player they just go like and they just shake their wrist around because that is what happens. Well, <laughs> okay, now I, I, oh, I get excited. Okay, all right, let's turn. move on to the your next. Turn. No, I just win. Oh, <laughs> my turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, changing Boeing's the day of the concert. Ooh, we just had an incident like this last night. <laughs> no. And sometimes, like, sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Oh, totally. And, like, sometimes, like, and it has nothing to do with, like, any one person. I think for me, it's just, like, violas are always, you can look up, there's this uh, viola page on Facebook, and I think he has an Instagram, too. It's called Viola's Journey. And he just makes comics about, like, the struggles <laughs> of being a violist. And they're hilarious. Yes. And um, <laughs> one of them, so go look him up and, like, like him because he's funny. But um. One of them is like, oh, viola bowings. And it's like, there's so many eraser marks and crossed out and blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of times, like, some a decision will be made. And when you sit, like, third stand viola, do you think you're going to get that change? Right. Like, well, I feel bad, too, because, like, like, the violin part is obviously very different. The cello part is obviously very different. And then the viola is just kind of stuck in between. Yeah. And then, like, you have two people mad at you for not doing, like, and so, and so a lot of the times, like, when I've been a section leader, I've just been like, I'm just going to do it this way. Right. And if they don't notice, I don't care. <laughs> See, that is totally something that we, like, don't experience. I mean, it's one thing if maybe the conductor wants to change, like, an articulation or a phrasing, but that's something that, is like pretty easy for us to do. I mean, for yeah. you guys to change a Boeing, sometimes it like no, it and has a ripple effect. Yeah, and I think I well, I think um, with Boeing's, I think in chamber groups, I think everybody there's every every person has something that they're really picky about. Whether it's like you're always picky about the intonation, or you're always picky about blah blah blah. Yep. And I'm always the person who's like obnoxious about the Boeing's, and not to a point where like sometimes like you have to be different, and you you're just different, and it's fine. But, like, when somebody, like, I'm just like, I don't care whose Boeing it is. We just need to talk about it. Right. Uh, and I'm always, I feel like I'm always the one spearheading that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I probably get on the nerves of, like, all of my chamber groups. So if anybody's <laughs> been in a chamber group with me and you're listening to this, 
I'm sorry. They talked about last night inside outside Boeing, and that was not even something that I knew was like oh okay in, in yeah. the stack of cards. Uh, yes. So what a lot. Of, so depending on um a lot of pieces, and I think it it mainly happens really in Brahms because I've only really done it in Brahms pieces. Okay. Um, what you can do. Um, is the inside player will play like a longer bowing, which is like they can't produce as much sound, but it's like good for the phrase. Oh. But then uh, an outside player would play like the more loud version with less bowing. So then you can, so it's not like it's harder to phrase it, but like you create the sound. Oh. So like it's, we call it staggered bowing. Oh, um, wow. So that like, it just like takes some like, I think it just takes some preparation and I've done it and it works and you know, it's not, it just, you know, it is what it is. Right. And so I, but I, and I don't necessarily mind doing that. And like, you know, I don't, I never really want to be a principal in an orchestra. That's never my goal in life. But with the way I feel about Boeing's, maybe like I should be, <laughs> but and it has nothing to do with like the Boeing's that we choose at Billing Symphony. I mean, at the in the at the end of the day, you should be good enough to be able to do to do anything every Boeing, yep. and you know sometimes and then sometimes like I've noticed too that sometimes I get to a rehearsal and I realize that the Boeing is um just like I I practice the wrong Boeing like completely. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna. It's like having like a sobriety test, and you're just like, oh, 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 I can't walk a straight line. Like you just, it's, it's been. That's that's usually my problem because like I'm just like, this is the way the Boeing should be, and then I like make it so on the page, and then I actually see it at rehearsal. And I'm like, oh, that is not the Boeing. <laughs> that's not it. Okay, sorry, I was long winded. That's the problem I do not experience. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, next one. Don't even get me started on Stan Partner on their phone. No, no. This one is totally yours. Yeah, that one's totally mine. I just have like traumatic experiences with uh -oh. that, where like people, like even just like in the middle of like stopping and starting, will get out their phone and like text like an uh, LOL. Like Ooh, millennials. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like says I, the two millennials. Yeah, says the two. Yeah, <laughs> and I just like it. Just bothered me. Like I'm just like, can you just like, like you usually rehearse in an orchestra for like an hour and a half, two hours maybe at the most, and you get a break. Yeah, like you can't wait that long. I mean, like I'm an I'm addicted to my phone. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm like my phone is with me. My phone is with me. And, like, if I cannot look at it for, like, an hour, I think a lot. So, yeah. yeah. I have students who will try to text in the middle of their lessons. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Or Snapchat or something like that. I'm just like, maybe you're not paying the money for it, but someone's paying yeah. good money for this. Yeah. So. Maybe you're not. But Snapchat during a lesson? Yeah. I'm never. I'm too, I'm, we're too old for Snapchat. Well, and I'm the type of person, too, where, like, I mean, my students and I have a good working relationship, but I mean, that happens and I literally will just give them the look and be like, <laughs> like really? Yeah. And you're like, uh, no. Right. Like, are we really needing to have this conversation right now? No, I, and I, I, I have my phone out with my students to show them like, Hey, you, I use my phone as a resource. Oh yeah. And so like, and so I, I kind of show them them like, 
you can download this tuner. You oh, can yeah. do this metronome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm all over apps, the tuning yeah. and the metronome apps. Yeah. Yep. And then I, I showed my one student that um, you could, on Spotify, and I think, I'm not sure on Apple Music, but on Spotify, you can download those, like, chord drones. Oh. That, like, you can get, like... There's so, actually a tuning app for that that allows you to play, like, multiple three-note yeah. chords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we're talking about is sometimes when we need to tune something, we'll play, like, an A if it's an A major, and totally. we'll try to tune to that because it'll give us a better ballpark right. of like... But point being, point you would, being, wouldn't yeah, yeah. need it in orchestra. Yeah, no, you wouldn't need it in like... And it's it, it just bothers me. So I, yeah, I'm like... We, I understand that we're now in a place where like you're going to have your phone in your pocket and it's kind of silly to say like, you can't have your phone on stage. Like, I mean, that's just like not realistic. But, you know, I don't know. I just have had some very traumatic experiences with that. <laughs> and then like, and then they don't, I, my thing is like, they didn't face any consequence. That's, that's the part that triggers me. I'm like, I'm so triggered. <laughs> oh, I'm one of those people where like, if there is any inkling of someone else getting flack for something, it makes me nervous, mm-hmm. you know? So if someone's being like, not so discreet about their phone usage. I'm the person sitting there like sweating for them. Like, oh my gosh, are they getting caught? Yeah, yeah. Is someone going to say something? Yeah, yeah. It's like a classroom still. And right. we're like adults. Ugh. Okay, is it my turn? It's, it's your turn. turn. Oh, we have like so many. I need to like shut up. Um, here we go. Oh, heavy-handed writing in parts. <laughs> this is also mine. See, this is all me. Right. <laughs> My parts are all my writing. Yeah. No, <laughs> strings have to share a stand. And um, in the thing I really liked in my master's is that we had performance parts and practice parts. So we went to rehearsal and our performance parts were on the stage and we could transfer anything that we needed, like any note or any fingering or any anything. And then, um, you know, what's, what's hard is that, like, I, it's distracting to me when there's, like, a huge four. Or like, uh, or especially words. I don't like. I'm a symbols person because my brain ah. can't process the words in time when I, I just can't. Yeah. And so, excuse me, but I just can't. I, I when it's somebody else's writing, and then I'm just sitting there thinking about it, and then I miss whatever <laughs> whatever it was because I'm just thinking about it. Like, and it's you know, and I think you know, I think a lot of people, um. You know, and I, I, over time, I've gotten much, much less uh, dependent on the pencil. Because I think the pencil, if you, like, if it's a very specific marking, you mark it. Or if you miss something multiple times, you mark it. But I had a roommate um, who didn't mark anything at all. He didn't, didn't mark a single thing. And his thing, and, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with this. I'm not saying that I do. But he said that um, you should be able to know what you want, implement it, and remember it. If it uh, means that much to you. Yeah. And, you know, he he's a very intense dude, and I love him to death. But, he, you know, I need to write at least some stuff. But, you know, right. but it, after after seeing him do that with almost all of his recital scores, all of his orchestra music, and he was a bri- he's a brilliant player. He, um, I have started becoming more minimal and learning my parts differently. Mm. So like when some people are very like, 
when they have tons of words and like every spare thing, yeah. it's like it's more lead than ink right. on the page. Um, it's just like, are you, do you, what, where's the music? I kind of agree with that. This is a confession moment. Oh, so, um, do tell. Right. So Anne, our conductor, um, Maestra Anne Harrigan sends out these detailed list of notes, which are great, you know, and I think they really help everyone kind of be prepared for the first rehearsal. But I'm one of those people where like, if we're going to take time in the music somewhere, I don't. I don't feel the need to write it in. I feel like I need to be a responsible musician and be the one who is at least checking in with the conductor yeah. from time to time. Um, you need to have orchestral skills. Right. Well, and maybe that's just because, I mean, l- like being a flutist, you're kind of, I feel like we're the most visible ones with cueing because our yeah. instrument goes out to the side, right? Um, and so I'm kind of always checking in with the conductor. But yeah, I mean, there are folks who like... Um, some of my colleagues on the wind section, you know, are like very studious about notating every little thing that needs to happen. And I feel like um, doing that, of course, you're going to be informed, but it, it keeps your focus so much more on the page. Yeah. And I like my focus to be yeah, off, off of the page, page. Right. And I, and you know, whatever works in the end. Right. And you know, and for me, I'm a, like, I like to listen to other things. And I like to be able to just know how it goes and know how the conductor wants it to go. Right. And then be, and like not have to look at my page to play the part. Well, that too. And I think there are times where, um, you know, if you have written in your music so much, um, by the time we come around to that repertoire again, I mean, sometimes, you know, it might be a couple of years, it might be like decades later, whatever it is, but you have these markings in your part and we've had some people in rehearsals be like, well, last time we did it this way, you know, it's like, well, this isn't last time. This is this time, you know? And like, I think, um, having too many preconceived notions is almost harmful to the rehearsal process. Yeah. I always like scores that are clean. Same. Every time. Same. Every time. But we could go on with that one forever. We could. All right. I'm picking. I'm picking. Oh, <laughs> this one goes along with that. Missing an entrance because you were writing and you lose your place. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And that because it's it's one of those things where I'm like, you should have the mental capacity to remember to remember, right? And like you know, and I think strings can get away with it more just because we there's two of us on a stand. So like usually right. the inside person is the writer every time. And so, like, I and I, for this next concert, I'm on the outside. But um, a lot of the time, like, you just, uh, strings can get away with it. But, like, I just think it's one of those things where you should just, you should be able to remember. Because usually you're not going to go much farther than that. Right, exactly. You're going to stop in a couple minutes anyways. Yeah, so might as well, like, practice recovering. And like, instead of like, you did something wrong, we'll practice doing something wrong and like right. getting on with right, it. Right. But, you know, I, yeah. And it, it like, and I think there's like a deeper seated thing with that. I feel like people feel embarrassed so much that they make a mistake that they need to show everybody around them that they're making it, that, that they're changing it. Uh, like, I think it is like a very deeper seated thing. Right. Like a pencil slammer. Yeah. Someone who like, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, needs to let everyone yeah, know that they yeah, were writing. Like, 
I'm done with my test. That, right. That, that was. <laughs> we just threw a wine cork. <laughs> I'm done. No, it's that. Or like the person who makes a point to like finish way before everybody else. On right. The test. Right. And, you know, so I think it's a much more like psychological thing. Mm. But yeah. Talking was, about psychology. Oh, I know. It's, <laughs> okay. My turn. Um, unasked for opinions while practicing. Oh. Oh, yes. Let me ask you what you think. <laughs> I have, um, I, I don't know if I've ever really had this happen to me. There was been, there's been times where I've been warming up in the dressing room and someone has made comments about you know, like my warm up routine or something like that. Nothing ever really like negative, but just one of those things where, um, like any comment is an uninvited comment. If that yeah. makes sense, well, you know, no, yeah. It's like my warm up is my warm up. Like, just yeah. don't don't pay attention to it. I'm not putting it out there. Yeah, that's why I'm downstairs in a dressing it's room. Real. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> no, and it's it's just like I think. I, it just shows insecurity, I think, when somebody makes an opinion about, like, you know. Especially I, if it's a negative one. Yeah, or, like, if it's a passive-aggressive, I'm like, oh, you do that? Right, right. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That interesting word? Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. No, and I, I think, because, like, different things work for different people, and then, like, the le- less judgmental you are about somebody else's thing, like, the more you feel free to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when somebody like, I, I just, I, and I had the, we had, um, in my master's, we had a studio class. We only have a studio of three people. Right. And so our studio is very small. And sometimes our teacher couldn't give us a studio class every week, which was fine. I mean, it was fine for me, <laughs> but, uh, we still got together every week, and then at the beginning of our performance for that mass, that studio class where we played for each other, uh, we would say, "Do you want comments or no comments?" Uh-huh. And it was a always like a thing that and I, I like. That was the first time I really experienced that. Where it's just like you, I like you should be able to trust people to know, like to know that what they did wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, right. if I really messed up or I really played something out of tune, like, I should, like, I hope that people would trust me to know that I did that wrong. Right. But um, sometimes, like, you just need to, like, play it and you just don't need to hear other people's, and, like, sometimes you really need the critique. I don't yeah. Know. So Well, it, in an environment like that, I think, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of go in expecting. Like, yeah. it's it's a constructive thing. So, no matter what's yeah. said... Um, but yeah, I think there's a there's a huge difference between being in a studio class and being in a rehearsal setting oh, and yeah. being like you know belittled or someone makes a kind of a snide comment. Yeah. yeah, I haven't experienced that in a while. I haven't really experienced it ever, I, at least not to my face. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I experienced it. I've experienced it more in like practicing settings. Oh, like, I've experienced it more in like. That sort of thing. Or, like, you say you're having a conversation and somebody who was, like, listening in hears you oh. and go, like, oh, you do that? And you're like, I wasn't talking to you. Yeah, no kidding. So. Like, you just butt it in. Now butt your way out. Yeah. I'm like, uh, leave. No, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Let's see what the next one is. 
Oh, students who said they practiced but lied. <laughs> I. Do you have many of those? Uh, well, who doesn't? <laughs> um, um, it's not that I. I genuinely think that my students do practice. Whether or not they practice enough is always a question. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, well, there is a point where, like, so much practice is too much practice, you know, but um, I have students who come in. My favorite line by students is, it sounded a lot better at home. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Okay. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, we've been having lessons for years, and I still make you, like, that nervous to where it sounded better at home. Like, no. Yeah. 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 You don't make, you shouldn't make anybody nervous. You're so pleasant. <laughs> No, I, no, I don't, you know, I really focus on my students about like practicing techniques Mm. because I feel like that sometimes, like I wasn't given that early enough. So I say like, you know, don't, and I always tell them, I'm like, never lie to me about whether or not you practiced. Right. Even if you don't, I'd rather have you say I didn't practice versus yeah, I looked at it a little bit. I'm like, that's way worse to me. Yeah. Because then I expect something out of you, and then I'll just be disappointed, and I don't want that feeling yeah. as a teacher, because I would feel like I failed you. <laughs> See, for me, like like I was saying, I think my students legitimately practice, but the difference is, like, I can go in a room for an hour and blow into this metal tube and not get any better, right? Yeah. But it's like, my if goodness. I... Well, yeah, exactly. And that's, mm-hmm. that is what I try to, you know, to get into my students. It's like, you know, when you're practicing, like, you should be noticing things. You should be learning things. You should be at least, like, mentally documenting things, noticing patterns, all of these things. And so there are some times where, like, if you count practice as just the act of playing your instrument... I don't think that's enough. Yeah, no. And I think that's what a lot of a lot of students feel. Yeah. I mean, I still think that maybe even in undergrad, I felt that way sometimes. Right. Where I'm like, I spent two hours in the practice room. Right. And, you know, and now as a, a full adulty doing adulty things, um, you realize that you're very lucky to get an hour. Oh, my goodness. I, I, <laughs> well, I was going to say there, there are days where, like, you know, you'll have rehearsal and you'll have students and all of this. And I was like, you might spend, like, eight hours with your instrument in your hand. But, like, how much of that was actually spent practicing, you yeah. know? Yeah. it's And it's, and like, and especially for, it's interesting for us because we both have day jobs where we do other things. Right. And. For many more hours than eight sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so by the end of the day, when you're like, oh, I should like, music is my passion and I should go practice. You're like, you just need your glass of wine to sit in right. bed and to watch some Netflix. Well, like- <laughs> days like that, I mean, like, I am lucky if I'm able to mentally get an hour of like mindful practice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I've always been, I've always been a blocked person too. I've never been like the two hours of practice. I'm like one hour practice max. And then I take a, do something else uh-huh. and like go to work or do something and then come back and then do another hour or 45 yeah. minutes. I've always been that person. See, I was able to do that, but mine was like, I, I remember being told this is also for injury stuff that like every 20 to 25 minutes you should take a break. Yeah. And so I, you know, like for, t- I would practice, you know, like 
20 to 25 minutes, take a little breather, look at my phone, go to drink water, maybe run across the street, get a coffee, that sort of thing. And then I was able like over, you know, probably four ish hours to, to practice for that long. But yeah, yeah, certainly not like sustained for four solid hours. My God. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. Upside down. Um, I don't like that one. <laughs> Are we skipping? No, no we're oh. skipping. This one is just, it went with stuff we already talked about. Okay. It's like writing every single word that somebody else says in your part. Oh. You know, we'll pick I'm, another one. Yeah, I'll pick another one. We'll pick this one. Um, taking critique too personally. Oh. I have a very strong opinion about that one, but why don't you... Oh, no, I want to hear oh. your strong opinion. <laughs> So my so I think that people when you sometimes like you know there's that age old uh, mean girl diva saying that like I'm not being mean I'm just being honest and Ooh. you know well delivery can still be mean delivery can still be mean exactly and it, it's one of those things where like if I you know and you know I just adjudicated a high school festival. And the kids who I made the most comments to were the kids who probably did the best because I knew they would be able to adapt and receive it. Right. And you, and you have to make, I mean, I commented on everybody and everybody prepared and did a good job. Like I'm not saying that like I didn't do it for everybody, but I think, um, you know, I think there's a point where like critique is a, like, you have to learn that, like, mu- you have to treat music coldly sometimes. And, you know, this is something that Dimitri Marath, um, who now teaches at uh, SFCM, has said, um, said to one of my friends, where, like, I can see that you care and the passion's there, but you just need to, while I'm talking to you and working with you, you just need to treat it clinically. Yeah. And I think everybody, you know, yes, we have art. Art is emotive and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it does it itself when you work on it from like a mathematical standpoint. Yeah. And so when the people get really offended about what somebody else is sa- saying, especially if it's your friend and you're mad that they said like you were out of tune or you, I, you didn't play this phrase the way I think you should have. And here's why. Like you don't. You just have to, you can take it or not. Right. And, you know, go get some food afterwards. Like, it's not, I mean, this is our job. This is what we do. And so why is it different from going to the office? Right. So, like, I, yeah. I was going to say, in my life, I, I, especially in an office setting, I need to, like, constantly remind myself that, you know, people aren't attacking you. I mean, like, of course, delivery can always be better but um you know people aren't attacking you and especially in a professional setting like everyone wants the best um but yeah i think for for something like especially in an orchestra i mean yes you have your interpretation but you also need to realize that like the conductor is juggling somewhere between like 50 to a hundred some interpretations, you know, at once. And so you've got to be not so tied to your ego to where you can bend a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even as a soloist, it's the same thing. I mean, like we spend so much time 
working out these artistic interpretations of pieces, but then I think it's still our job as artists to remain open and receptive to mm-hmm. other opinions because it's the only way you grow. Well, yeah, and I think like interpretation, at least for me, is kind of a snapshot of like where I'm at at that time. So I can revisit repertoire, you know, a couple months later down the road, a couple of years later down the road, and like I myself will have a completely different interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That you <laughs> glossy eyed over there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So, all right, should I yes, go on? Yes, go on. Yes. Go on. Go on. Instrument shop talk. Oh god, <laughs> that's bad. There's one. so many things you can talk about with yeah. flutists. We have so many gadgets and add-ons and. Metals and materials, and that's usually that's one of the first things I usually get asked. So, like, what flute do you play on? Right, like, right. Do you play on a pebble or a mizawa, or like, what do you do? Right, mine is usually like, you know, is that real gold? Oh, is that real? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> My wallet no. will tell you so. I just like. When it usually happens, like either before rehearsal or like maybe after a concert or somebody, I'm like, the last thing I want to talk about is like where my viola came from. Like we can like, don't, don't ask me that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's just like, it affects you zero. Right. Like, and that's the thing where I'm like, why do you care what this person plays? Like, if you're like a, if you're a fangirl of like a big person, like, and you just want to know what they play. Right. Do they play a Stradivarius? Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Of course. Like, that's fine, I guess, to a point. But like, when somebody comes up to you and like, just like, well, I just, I'm like, my opinions about what kind of bow I like and what (laughs) instrument I like, it doesn't affect you at all. Right. (laughs) And, you know, maybe it's just me being a spoil sport about it, but. You know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot more instruments coming out. There's like ergonomic. There's an ergonomic viola. Oh I boy, the guy is it a violin? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, uh, all insert all the bad words. We're gonna there. use that as the promo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you jerk. Um, no. I'll show you. A, I'll show you. A, let's like. Huh? Let's look. We'll look at a picture. Later. Okay. But it's like part of the bout is really large, and the other one is really um, small for shifting, and then it's the same way. So it's it's not symmetric at all. So like, um, it just like makes it easier for you. It's modern. I'm like, I'll, the viola. There's more modern violas than I think any other instrument. Uh, string instrument. Sure. That because, I mean, violas are now being made to be played louder because we're being more of a solo instrument. And then if you have a really old viola, sometimes they sound like nothing. Right. <laughs> they sound like a Kleenex box. Look at us. We've devolved into shop talk. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, I don't, you know. And I had the reason I was going on that tangent. I had a friend who had one, and like nobody would talk to her as a person. 
And they would just go up to her and be like, so tell me everything about your viola. And she's like, my day's going great. How's yours? <laughs> like, and it's just like, it just doesn't, you know, like it doesn't, it's none of your business. Right. You know, but that's why. Anyways, ooh, we're having some wine pouring. Yes. I think it's your turn to draw. Oh, it's my turn? I think. Okay. I'm going to go. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Ooh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen. That goes for like anything. Right. Anything. Yes. I think board meetings. Board board meetings. <laughs> chamber groups. Staff meetings. Like any anything. You know, I think it's just human nature to like want to state your opinion yeah and like and it has and it, you know i think no environment is safe from it well i think it's hard when you're a musician though because you know in things like an office setting like okay so i work in marketing right as my day job um and i have for the past many years um so there are times where like the staff that i work with if there's a marketing question or anything like that everyone kind of just naturally defers to me right yeah. and same thing when i'm working with anyone else's department but when you're a musician like it's always the music department right yeah. so yeah. i mean i think it's hard when you're when you're discussing interpretation or things like that in a everyone thinks in a they're chamber a genius group. right exactly <laughs> well and everyone's playing the same piece yeah. you know it's mm -hmm. i think it really is that's why i i love it when people say that like orchestras or chamber groups are a microcosm of society yeah, they are. It's actually totally true. Oh, I mean, it's gosh. like, we're I, all living in the same world. I have flashbacks to like, did you ever read the book Lord of the Flies? Yes. And like the whole, when the end, when spoilers, when Piggy dies, I'm like, that's going to be somebody in orchestra like one of these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like, or somebody's going to be that pig's head on the spear, like one of these days. And it, it, it it's just, you know... I think oh, as a violist, you kind of like your opinion is undervalued sometimes. <laughs> and I think, you know, I don't like I've, before when I was younger, I really tried to push like I have an opinion, too. And now I've 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 definitely calmed down and I'm just like I was the same way. And yeah, so like, yeah, I think you just learn with like time in chamber groups where you're like, I just need to shut up. Like, I think I, I love the phrase it. choose your battles. Choose your battle. You know, because there yeah. are some times where I really will have a strong opinion on something, but then, you know, if someone is like, well, you know, what dynamic should we be here? What articulation? I'm like, really in the scheme of things, does this matter? But, you know, if yeah. we're talking about like something that is going to involve the overall presentation of the piece, obviously I'm going to save my energy for that battle. Yeah. 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 I agree. Your turn. All righty. Oh, pitch creep. I, that's all you. Oh, that is all me. That's all you. I'm just going to say. Um, <laughs> My name's Tyler and right, I've got and something to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. My name is Tyler Mendel and I'm here to make it clear. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race references, everyone. Um, no, I, I think... I mean, pitch creep in an orchestra is is one thing, um, but what is that? Okay, so describe it. Just yes, it. for those who may not be quite so privy to the inner workings of the pitch of an orchestra, um, we tune to A equals four forty hertz, which is a very 
specific pitch level. Um, and every orchestra is a little bit different, but Billing Symphony is 440. Um, and so it's the note that everyone tunes to so that you can all basically play in tune. Um, but when people start to push that upwards, um, everything else kind of has to, to go with it. And as a wind player, um, I mean, like we, we have very prescribed fingerings, right? So we press our fingers down and that's the note that you get. Sure. We can bend it a little bit either way, but I mean, like something like a trombone or a string, I mean, you all have like one long string. I mean, you can go, why anyway, like, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can go anyway easily, right? And I mean, it, it's it's advantageous and and not so advantageous at times for you all, but for us, you know, by the time it gets all the way up to the flutes, which are one of the highest playing um, members of the orchestra family, you know, if there's like pitch creep on the lower end, by the time it gets up to us, we have to adjust like majorly, and it's all with your face. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Your lips can only do so much. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And I think you can like, you get a feeling of it. Like just when people are tuning, mm-hmm. like, and I, there's uh, I can't remember who told me this. We always called it. Um, we call it the A of the day. And there's this, uh, I heard, I read an article or like, I was told some, I can't remember where this came from, but I was told, um, that like you know how the moon affects the tides, the moon affects the age, <laughs> and, and and like I mean, I mean, if we really want to go there, I I think of it as sort of like you know people. I, and this, I've seen this with the pattern with me. If I practice right when I wake up, like I wake up, get coffee, and like put my instrument on my shoulder, my A tends to be like I tend to want it to be sharp, and huh. then by the end of the day, I say I'm practicing at eight p.m. I tend to want to be flatter. And so, like, it, so they say they say that your A goes down as the as the day goes on. Oh, um, which is very interesting. I don't huh. know. And it's just like and like I've noticed that with me. But, you know, maybe it could just be me. And this just makes me feel better about it. Right. <laughs> but like I and, you know, and my yeah, I don't we just we just feels are screwed either way. So <laughs> I'll name of your second book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Violas are screwed either way. By Sam Farrell. What does that even say? Oh, there's a bad handwriting. Chronic chronic tuners. That's what it says. Oh, oh yeah, chronic tuners. We talked about this. Oh, so yeah, yeah, this is yeah. perfect. So when you know when the oboe gives the A and they're still, it's always a string player. There's yeah. always a string player. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you've still got the string player who's tuning for like a good three minutes after. Yeah. You know, like yeah. everyone else has died out. They're like, yep, I'm in tune. And then there's that one person who's like, yeah. you know, they sound like a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And well, like, it's one of those things where if that ever happens to me, I just compensate. If like my C is a little sharp, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play everything a little lower. And just hope that there is no open C string. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, it, I think, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a good look. Mm. Definitely not a good look. All right. Next on our list. Oh, name dropping teachers and or colleagues. Yeah, um, that's a big one. 
It's one thing when you're like referring to like say you say you did study at a, gr- a really good school and you have a well-known teacher. And it's one thing to say like my teacher always said this cuz everybody says that. Right. But when you go out of your way like when people like you is like after you had a colleague for a while, you've had a friend for a while and then they say like my teacher blah 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 right, blah right. always said and you're like Dude, we've been friends for how long? Right. I know who your teacher is. I am so self-conscious about this. Um, it, it's just one of those things where, like, I've I have been in the room with people who are like, yeah, I went to Juilliard, you know? <laughs> and it's like, well, I did too, but at the same time, like, we're at a place, like, we're at a time now where where you went doesn't define your worth, you You know? know? Yeah. And I don't ever want to give the impression that I'm trying to inflate my worth by, you know, by using the Juilliard school as a name drop. And so, um, I usually like, if people ask, I'll say it, but it's not something that I ever lead with. No. And you, you let the other people do that for you. Like, I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? When I say that, like you let, Say your friend's introducing you to another person. You're like, this is blah, blah, blah. He went here and here and said sure. this. Like, you let your friend do it, not you. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't like the, I don't like the name dropping, you know. Oh, it just, you're right. Like, and I, I've told friends this who are, like, auditioning for, you know, master's programs. And maybe they went to a state school. And now they're auditioning for a conservatory like I did or, like. You know, and I just said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No one cares. No one That's the thing. A, a, a the people who d- care yeah. are the other people who are name dropping. Yeah. Those are the people <laughs> who care. And like, if you play well and you show potential and you're a good person. It doesn't like, matter where you went. Like half of my, or who you know, half of my audition for my master's was just like, how are you? And we talked. Right. And, like, we actually talked about my essays in my audition, which was mm-hmm. really, I don't, like, it, you don't, it's just not, just be a good person. Like, yeah. don't be an impressive person. Be a nice person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Dun, 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 dun. We're at our last one. And what is it? Ooh, audition talk. This is a big one. Uh-huh. I think for both of us. Uh, audition talk. I think every musician is at a different point in their life. And, you know, every musician can want a different lifestyle, just like anybody else. And just because a musician wants to have, like, maybe another job, and also, I have a lot of friends who have another job. I'm one of them who has another job and then also plays in an orchestra that happens to pay and happens to give you gigs. Right. And stuff, you know... Like, you're just, everybody has different priorities, so you have no right to say that, like, like, I hate when people say, so what auditions are you taking? I know. And you're just like, I don't, like, I'm not taking any right now because that's just not what my life is about at the moment. Like, maybe five years from now, I'll be on an audition circuit and whatever. But, like, you know, everybody, I just hate it when people think, like, you're a musician, so therefore like a to b and it's never a to the rest of the alphabet which is like way more true right and i'm like and the thing with being an artist in general like you you almost always have to like make your money and all and then do do your craft and then like eventually your craft could be your money and but it's never a guarantee 
And it shouldn't define your happiness. Right. And I think people talk about auditions because it defines them and it defines their happiness. And I, you know, I'm being all philosophical here. So, because like, I mean, and uh, from our auditions podcast, I mean, you have taken way more than I have and you have way more of that experience. And, you know, I just like, and, you know, it does that make me any less of a musician for taking a different path? Absolutely not. Well, and for me, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't ever, if someone's going to take an audition, they're going to take an audition. Do I need to know that they're there? No. Am I going to know that they're there? Probably. I mean, it's... <laughs> and, and stemming from the last one, if you're a good person, you'd be happy for them. And you'd be like, I hope, like, yeah, I hope you get it. Right. And like, you shouldn't, like, but like, you know that there's almost that thing of, of like, they want you to feel envious. I'm like, I'm taking this audition. Right. And I don't know if that's true for all the time, but like... I, I I think that I always get that inkling where I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that you should win. Like, I hope the best for you because I'm a good person, but it just, it bought there. There's yes. What have we learned from don't even get me started? Right. What have you learned? To just be a good person. <laughs> Be a good person. Mind your own business. <laughs> yeah. As we ranted. And, right. And, Make and a stink when you have to. Too. Yeah. And it just like, just take a friggin' chill pill. Right. This is regardless if you're uh, an orchestral musician or not. You know, I think it's just make sure that you value yourself first. Yeah. And don't bother other people unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. Stay in your lane. So it's still true. I've been saying that a lot from even the auditions podcast, stay in your lane. The moment, the moment you're trying to pass that person on the interstate is the moment it's going to take you forever to get. (laughs) get, Yeah. It's going to, you're going to hate yourself for being impatient. Yeah. And caring about other people. Yeah. So, Anyways, I think that is the end of this podcast. All right. So we're going to go eat some more Krispy Kremes and have more wine. Sounds like a plan. Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Symphony Sit Down. If you have any requests for future episodes, comment below or send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram. If you're interested in sponsoring Symphony Sit Down, send us an email at symphonysitdown at gmail.com. And as always, like this episode and make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We upload a new episode every other week. Take care and have a wonderful day. Musically yours, Sam and Tyler.